So just as a bit of uh, context for the talk, it <clears throat> seemed like it was given to a group of lay people who um, were traveling around forest monasteries, um, making donations to uh, famous teachers. And this group had been around uh, for many, many years uh, doing this. And so there are many Buddhists who have come today um, searching for this inner wealth, what we call the Arya Sap, the noble wealth that's there in our hearts. Because we all know that having been born, old age, sickness and death is approaching us constantly. So the way we should respond to that is to build up goodness and to search for this noble wealth. This is a wealth that's there in our heart and one that is far away from enemies. No matter how old we are um, or whether natural disasters come, like floods, fires, it can't destroy this noble wealth um, because it's there inside of us. So we should put our effort into looking for this and building it up in this one life that we have because it's not easy for us to have obtained this human birth and met with the Buddhist religion. Initially, we were born into a human body, but our minds weren't yet those of humans. It takes keeping these five precepts um, and having moral integrity to truly be born as a human in our hearts. And if we develop our minds even further, then um, the heart goes up into the Deva realms. But really those who are devas and those who are true humans are very little. But there are many who fall lower than this. So this birth that we've taken as humans, um, what the deeper meaning of that is an inner birth, a birth in our hearts. And having taken this internal birth as a human, um, then we build up as much goodness as we can because we see the benefit of keeping these precepts and the harm of being without a decent sense of morality. So just before we all took these five precepts of <clears throat> abstaining from killing, abstaining from stealing, from sexual misconduct, from lying and from taking intoxicants, and this is the true worth of a human being, the true wealth of a human that all of us have obtained. We all have faith in the Buddha, the Dhamma and the Sangha and we take this as our support and our refuge, the first, second and third objects of recollections. And then doing that, um, or having done that, we then go and determine these five precepts. And these five precepts are what allow us to become true humans in our hearts. 
having these precepts were then ready to engage in the further levels of the practice. We have our sila there already, so then we uh, move on to samadhi and the cultivation of the heart. We bring our minds, we bring our bodies and our speech to peace, and then we go and bring our hearts into a peaceful state as well. So all of you having traveled here from your houses to this monastery, this is what we call Gaya Viveka, the physical seclusion. And we've come here to seek out the Dhamma, to seek out true happiness. So when we look um, for the Dhamma, we do that because um, we know that death is approaching it's getting closer and closer all the time, so we have to hurry in our search for the truth. We all know that having been born, we have to die at some point. But where will we die? How will we die? We don't know that. The world is dark, and those who see clearly are very few. But we've all had the fortune to meet with this Buddhist religion, and we use that opportunity well, and we don't be heedless. We use that to practice. The Buddha, in his very last instructions uh, to the monks, said this, that they should all perfect themselves in not being heedless, to always have mindfulness, to always recollect the fact that our lives are constantly degenerating. They're constantly fading away on us. And so what are we doing right now? We need to always try to remind ourselves of this so that we can build as much goodness as we can. When we die, then what happens next? Or well, we don't know that, but it's there in our hearts. If we um, chant and we do meditation, we build up much goodness, then that goodness is stored within our hearts. It doesn't just vanish or go anywhere. So there was one lay disciple, and he had a lot of faith, but that faith didn't transfer into keeping the seal, the, the precepts all that well. So sometimes he would keep some of them, sometimes not, sometimes he'd go out and drink. Um, but after a while, he saw the harm in not keeping these precepts. And he would like to go to the monastery, and when he went to the monastery, he would keep the five precepts well. And he felt a great sense of fullness there in his heart. Whenever he was feeling upset in any way, he would head to the monastery and then he would feel very happy. So he saw for himself that these things have benefits and that our life isn't certain. But death will come. We just don't know when or where. But the end of our life is death. If we build up this goodness, this leads to happiness within our hearts, a sense of inner fullness and contentment. When this man died, um, even though um, he had, his body was dead for many days, the people around noticed that it still seemed very bright. And... Um, one person even saw him uh, listening, sitting listening to uh, the Dhamma talk, even though 
his body was still lying in the coffin. And then later on, his whole family saw this as well, that he was sitting listening to the Dhamma talk. So this goodness um, and this generosity, the sacrifice um, through our body, speech and mind is something that is very important. This keeping of the precepts. Um, and so on these full moon days, then we should head to the monastery and take the precepts. We can engage in chanting. We can... Um, use that as our means to praise the goodness of the Buddha, the Dhamma, and the Sangha. And when we do this, the devas rejoice in, in our praise and our goodness. So for everyone who has come here, we've traveled a long way to get here, and this requires sacrifice to do this. But we're willing to spend our time and efforts because we see the benefit of it. We're searching for this inner wealth. And it's something that we don't need to look for elsewhere. We don't need to look for the Dharma anywhere outside of our bodies and minds because it's right here with us. So we take our minds to create goodness and create this noble wealth because our mind is something that's very important. It's the leader that leads our lives. And if we create goodness, or if there's any wrongdoing, that all gets stored within our hearts. Whenever uh, or the defilements of greed, hatred, and delusion are constantly arising in the mind, and if we don't walk on this noble path that the Buddha taught, then what will happen to us when we die? If these greed, hatred, and delusion is very strong, then we'll suffer a lot. And when we die, then we'll spin around again in the cycle of samsara. And the heart that has all of this wrongdoing within it, it will take us to a place of sadness, of pain, um, what we call the realms of deprivation, the uh, ghost realms, uh, the asura guys, or the hell realms. But if we have created much goodness in, their li in this life, then our minds will take us to a good place. We may gain a human birth again. Or if there's a lot of merit we've created, then we go even higher than that. We go up to the Deva or the Brahma realms. And this is because of the generosity, the keeping of morality, and the developing of wisdom that our hearts can go up to these higher levels. So traveling from home to the monastery, um, this, we do this in order to create goodness and to be close to the Dhamma, to meditate and create uh, wholesome qualities in our hearts. This all falls under the path of Sila Samadipanya, this noble path. Um, and when we walk it, then where do we go? Well, our minds will take us to a place of happiness. We see the benefits of creating goodness, of having morality, of cultivating our minds, listening to the Dhamma, and then contemplating what we hear until that becomes clear 
in our own minds. Our hearts are relieved from doubts because of this faith and understanding we have in the teachings of the Buddha. It begins as this faith, and it's something that's very important because having that faith there, we then are willing to sacrifice. We're willing to build up this goodness that fills up and brings joy into our hearts. We then go to practice meditation. And if we can gather our minds together and settle them down, we'll experience great joy and happiness. And as we're doing all these activities, really we're walking closer and closer to Nibbana. As we cultivate goodness, that's taking us closer to Nibbana. Nibbana being this fullness um, and peace in our heart. And where does that come up? Well, it's right here in the heart. When greed, hatred, and delusion lessen in our minds, then our minds feel cooler and more peaceful. And now, however much these chelases are reduced, then there'll be an increase in coolness and ease to that degree. And if these defilements are completely uh, wiped out of the mind, then there'll just be complete coolness there in the mind. This heart, this mind, which is the leader, the most important thing in our lives. So as we build up this goodness and we walk along this path, we're getting closer and closer to the Nibbana which exists in our minds. So we have this external monastery that we've come to, but we're also building up our internal monastery. So we can ask ourselves, the greed, hatred and delusion that we have today, how much is it and is it getting less? Are we able to abandon any of it? This year, are we getting better than what we were last year? Are our actions of body and speech more peaceful and more wholesome than they were last year? We recollect this, recollect our um, <coughs> actions, uh, the things that we do, the things that we speak, in order to maintain our mindfulness. And this is one method of practice. Whenever we're standing, walking, sitting, lying down, then we know we have mindfulness there. We're practicing as we do that. And this comes under the four foundations of mindfulness that the Buddha taught, that of the body, of feelings, of the mind, and of the Dhamma. Some people ask, is it possible to just watch the mind and reach a state of purity from that practice? And it is. If we can watch our minds and see uh, clearly what's going on in them, then we can relieve ourselves from all suffering. We see the greed, hatred and delusion in the mind and we know the mind as it thinks, as it proliferates, whether it thinks about good things or unskillful things, and we're able to abandon and let go of all of it and see the mind as being merely the mind. And this will take us to knowing the Dhamma. But if our mindfulness is lacking in energy, we won't be able to do this practice well. We'll look at our minds, but they won't settle down. 
We won't be able to abandon what's going on in them, and they'll just feel chaotic and scattered. If that's the case, we need to come back and look into these bodies. Um, and one aspect of that is the breath, watching the breath as it comes in and as it leaves. This is a good object of meditation that we can all do. We can all try chanting as well and cultivating our minds through this method. And then when we leave the monastery, then we have lots of time as we travel to the next province. There's probably over an hour before you reach the next monastery. So there's a lot of time to do chanting and meditation um, as you travel. And whatever you're doing, just have mindfulness there, looking at the body, watching the breath come in and go out until the mind settles down into peace. You can use the meditation word of Buddha along with it as well. Or whatever meditation word works, whether it's Dhammo or Sanko, or you can contemplate into the nature of death and see that life is uncertain, but death is certain, that death is approaching on us. All of these are for bringing about peace into the mind and bringing up feelings of joy. Whatever has this effect, then we do that often. Whatever meditation word or object is efficient or effective in bringing up peace and calm, then we do that often, and this is our meditation practice. When we can practice frequently in this way, then the mind will become still and the thoughts will reduce. As the mind um, then comes out of this calm state and starts to move and think again, we use that to contemplate. We look into the nature of the body and see how once it's been born, it has to undergo old age, sickness and death. And this is simply its nature. Everyone must experience this, and no one can flee. No one's able to run away from these things. As we gain an understanding of this, we'll see clearly into the Dhamma. And this will take us to the heartwood of the Buddha's teachings, this real core of Dhamma. We'll be able to see that um, anything that's of the nature to arise will at some point, cease. And this was the very first sermon that the Buddha gave. And all things that are of the nature to arise are of the nature to cease. And as the five ascetics were listening to this, then their leader, Venerable Anya Kundanya, gained the eye of Dhamma, and his vision was free of dust. He was able to see into the nature of arising and ceasing. See that all physicality and mentality is devoid of any true self, any being, any me or other. And his heart gained liberation from um, reaching this heartwood of the Dhamma. Why was it that he could gain that understanding? It was because he had done much work beforehand. He developed his Bharamis, these spiritual perfections. He had spent countless lives uh, training himself in meditation. And so in this last life, he was able to listen into the Dhamma and gain an understanding of its meaning, its true meaning. 
And then not long after that, um, the five ascetics listened to the Anatalakana Sutta, and all five of them attained to this level of arahantship. So just as it was possible for them to listen to the Dhamma and understand it, um, so too it is possible for us as well. Every year this group um, travels to many different monasteries, paying respects to the famous teachers around the country in order to listen to the Dhamma, to make donations to help out the monasteries. It's been doing this for many, many years now. I went to visit Limpur Kao and Wufan back in the day. And um, I've been traveling around, uh, creating goodness. And this is the heart of a deva, that people are willing to and keen to do this. We um, create this goodness um, very often and go and travel around um, seeing these great teachers frequently. And the same group um, was around when I was just a junior monk. And I can remember um, being with Venerable Mpucha, uh, and he received this group very well. He would give uh, a Dhamma talk to them, and the monks would benefit from this too, because they would get to listen to Mpucha's Dhamma. And why was it that he was so keen to give them a talk? Well, just as monks are able to listen to the Dhamma and attain to the Dhamma, so are lay people able to do this as well. Just like at the time of the Buddha, um, there was the Brahman, uh, Diga Nika, who um, was a relative of Venerable Sariputta. And at that time, the Buddha and Venerable Sariputta were up on Vulture's Peak. And the Buddha gave a Dharma talk to this Brahman, who attained to Sotapanna. But during this very same talk, Venerable Sariputta attained to Arahantship. So this group has been around for many decades now. And not only do you um, go and pay respects to these teachers and visit many forest monasteries, but you also invite other people to do so as well. And this increases the goodness that you're creating because you're um, pulling other people into this goodness and helping others to create merit. And this is just more merit that you're creating that brings out fullness and joy in the heart. Having created merit, do you also recollect that merit as well? It's something that we should do often. And this is chaka nusati. It's another form of kamatana, of meditation. We recollect that last year we had created much goodness. And this year we've created a lot of merit as well. And we bring that up in our minds. We've helped out the buddhasasana and helped to support and fund many monasteries. And why do we do this? Well, these monasteries, they need lay people like this, the sacrifice, the faith of lay people to survive and to flourish. Having this faith that's full in our hearts is 
very important. It's very significant um, because it's a source of power for us that um, pushes us and becomes a fuel for us to create much goodness. We seek out um, this goodness and we practice it as well. And we do this very often, building up goodness, building up skillfulness. I myself, before I ordained, um, did this as well. I would travel around to visit many of the great teachers of the time and make offerings to them, listen to the Dhamma that they taught. And I did this steadily until I realized that having taken birth, I would have to meet with old age, sickness and death. And when I die, what will I be able to take with me? Even if I gained much in this world, I had huge amounts of possessions and wealth, there's none of it I'd be able to take along after death. Only the goodness that I created, or if we create a lot of unskillful deeds, then we take those along with us as well. So death is steadily approaching us. We can ask ourselves, if we live to the age of 80, how much time do we have left? How old are we now? You can see that many people here are 50, 60, 70 years old. So there's not much time left. So we should try to find and build as much goodness in this life, from this time that we do have remaining. We are generous with our possessions and with our wealth. We take up the precepts. And in doing this, we become a full and compute and complete human being. We then chant and sit in meditation so as to raise up the levels of our minds. Even though the body may die, the mind never dies. And so this goodness that we create, it gets stored in our minds. And goodness is a source of lightness. So the more goodness that we create, then the lighter, the more buoyant the heart becomes, and it travels higher and higher up. It becomes more and more happy. So this Dhamma and the goodness that um, we've all built up, it's nothing that's far away. We don't have to look uh, anywhere else other than right here and right now. Because when we have happiness and fullness in our heart, then that is heaven right there. And when our hearts are suffering, then that's an inner hell that we're experiencing. So it's nothing that's far away. So today you've all come here um, to create goodness and also to recollect um, one of your members who has recently passed away. And we... Um, make offerings in the name of the deceased. And this is also goodness that we're creating. And this is a way that even though someone has died, they're um, helping us to create goodness as well. So I ask for all of you to grow in this goodness and through the power of the Buddha, the Dhamma and the Sangha. And may you receive the wealth of the human, the wealth of the devas, and the wealth of Nibbana. 
may you all have long life, happiness and strength. And may you all progress in the Dhamma. <laughs>